0: The Pineapple Couch with E-Rob. Today is Monday, February 22nd, and this is episode 82. Thank you to everyone who's listened and follows us. Um, If you leave a five-star review, it really helps for whatever some reason. So, if you even want to roast me in it, you can do that. Um, An exciting, exciting show for everyone today. Uh, We're going to go through eight storylines, really, in a mix of MLB mba nfl with josh and big dog we're also going to do our weekly would you rather and then at the end of the show or not the end of the show halfway through the show uh peter gonzalez is going to join the program and we are going to be talking wandavision episode seven and give out some theories so spoiler alert towards the end of the pod if you're not caught up in wandavision all right let's get into today's show um and i will start it off by introducing my esteemed guests mr big dog andrew
1: how you doing my friend i'm fantastic Today, officially, Tatis inked it. Every week, mm-hmm. the Padres are making storylines. It's it's really weird, and I love it. It's a wild world, wild world, wild 2020 twenty uh, twenty twenty
2: one. Yeah, and Josh Bilker, how you doing, my friend? I'm great, and uh, yeah, shout out Andrew and his Padres. They're 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 the most interesting team in baseball at the moment. So congrats. it's funny because Josh That's has a White true. Sox
1: hat. So there's a big Fernando Tatis <laughs> correlation. There oh so yeah, to, you wow. know the James Shield trade. But anyway.
0: Good stuff. Um, let's get right into that, Andrew. Um, Fernando Tatis, 14 years, $340 million, A person who is in their last year of preschool yeah. will graduate high school by the time his contract is up with the Padres. I want to go through a couple things with you. First, initial yeah.
1: reaction. It was very surprising. I... I can't believe that they signed him, honestly, having three or four years left in arbitration. But there's a lot of good that the reason why they did that, there's a lot of good for that because it kind of like sets the tone for other MLB owners and players. It's like, don't you want to keep these superstar players that you're homegrown talent? Like, why do you want to get a superstar free agent when you can just homegrown it? And if you have like a certain generational guy like Tatis. Mm hmm. It seems like a no-brainer, but obviously, only playing 143 games and like there's health yeah. risk. There's a lot. There's a big risk, but the reward is so great that they could be getting a huge bargain in four or five years.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is like it. You have to think that this type of move generates a lot of goodwill between the organization and Tatis exactly. of them. They're so, all like, He's not going like... to be disgruntled, like obviously, when you're getting that much money. But it's not like they are. It's not, it's not like it's a Dak Prescott situation to go to the NFL where they're just kind of pushing it out because they don't really want to fully pay him. They're committing to him now. So with all the signs point to he's a generational super super superstar. We'll see where that goes because he's obviously young and he's going to be. He seems like he's going to be very happy there because they've generated a lot of good vibes. Um, Andrew. What are your expectations for this season,
1: however? There the is Potters. so much pressure on this. I'm a, I'm a little worried because he's the cover of the show. The Potters are the talk. And then, like, I mean, he's ranked the sixth best player in the top 100. Seems a little steep. I mean, he's, again, if we're going to give Trevor Bauer that 60-game sample size treatment, you have to do it to Tatis, who's only done it for mm-hmm. 143 games. Um, today I sent you an article, though about how Korea's already pissed off and the, or he wants yeah. a deal before the deadline. So, it's like they don't have to worry about that ever. They're done he with that. The they have already fo- moved on past It's like, okay, we got Machado and Tatis and then Hosmer kind of is kind of there, but it's really Machado, Tatis. You build around that. They have mm-hmm. guaranteed money to those three. After two or three years, Blake Snell, you Darvish, a lot of people come off the books and that's when their new wave of prospects come up.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, hypothetical question then, because you didn't fully answer the question as a good fan won't. Because there's a lot of expectations, and you're a little nervous, Mister Dog. I know because you got a lot of expectations with this Padres team. I it's know. kind of rare. It's so um, weird. I mean, Brian, if I the gave... Chargers
1: supposed to be good, it's weird.
0: I okay, if I let's say I ran into a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. I don't have a hundred thousand dollars, but let's say I did, and I were to give it to you, Andrew. So it's it's. With this amount of money, you're not going to let your biases really inform your bets, right? Because it's life-changing money. You see what I'm saying? Okay. $100,000, you have to bet. Do the Padres, A, make the playoffs or miss the playoffs? $100,000,
1: what would make you do? Easily make it the playoffs, baby. I'm not that concerned. I'm concerned about individual performance, and I'm concerned if he has, like every major player, player does, a slump that everyone's going to overreact and it's just going to be hammered this year which it might be deservedly so because he's like the flashy guy and that's what usually happens but I I mean he's Fernando Tatis so what I've seen there's no reason for me to believe that I named I mean I can name 20 players every superstar talent Trout, Betts, Greg Maddox, Pedro Martinez, Roy Halladay, anyone they're good from 22 to 29 this is probably the same thing with basketball I mean you could be good in your 30s if you're legit but their true prime is from like 22 to 29 and I think we're I'd seeing. I'd say it's that. even
0: shorter in basketball. It's like twenty-five exactly. to Five. thirty. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say twenty-seven it's, it's is like the prime can... year of NBA player's career. Because I've seen At a end, lot of people say 20. like
1: the long contracts don't work, and that's usually right. But a lot of these big contracts. Well, keep in mind the Hamilton, Albert Pools, and Robin Cano all signed by general manager Jerry DePoto. So that's one dude just being a moron signing three thirty-two-year-olds. Yeah. Tatis will be 35 when he's done. It'll be year 11 by the time he is 33 and having those, you know, the end of his career supposedly. And then mm-hmm. there's players like Justin Turner, who's 36, who's still really good. I mean, there's players yeah. that can do it.
0: Yeah, no, I I think but it's it- a home run. I mean, no offense. Um, I mean, I can say this as a Chargers fan, but like, until recently, it's not like San Diego has been a free agent destination. So by doing this it's doing two things one you're locking up a superstar that might not come to you in free agency but then two what you're also doing is you're building a place where other superstars would want to potentially come because of how highly or whatever they've been taken care Tatis, of Tatis like yeah that they sort paid of thing. Hosmer so they paid big.
1: Machado they paid Tatis I mean that is pr- they will make trades they traded for snow they're doing everything right everything ad- you know what you would want a GM to do right now as you know because there's 15-20 teams that aren't trying to win right now mm-hmm. like your Steve Kerr Warriors, sometimes they don't try to win and it's very frustrating
0: Steve Kerr is such a fucking idiot he's so he really <laughs> didn't just quickly to let me just take say a
1: jab at you like that but there he is so
0: freaking overrated as a coach and it's like how could you be saying that he has all this success? Well, it's like I mean, no offense. I legitimately think I could have coached the Warriors when they had Steph, Clay, KD, Draymond all healthy and in their primes, and I think I I would give myself like a fifth, a sixty five chance percent chance to win the finals, like that. Like he didn't even have stuff to coach. I wouldn't tell him in. to do anything. He did do like that sort of stuff offensively, but. He has shown zero ability to really adapt when he doesn't just his team's not loaded with superstars. And watching him on a night-to-night basis, his lack of his Anthony Lynn-esque use of like just when he doesn't want to call timeouts and just all this stuff is just fucking ugh. What, what were you
2: gonna say, Josh? I was gonna say uh, he. I think he's just he is a good dude, and I think personality-wise, it really meshes well with with the stars of the team. Partially, you have generational superstars like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, who are probably the like, the most mellow superstars in NBA history, I think, like, as far as diva goes. The diva level is, like, a zero for both those guys. And and I think Steph Curry just – or uh, Steve Kerr just gels really well with that group is, is really what it is. Uh, I can't really speak to his basketball. You've seen much more Warriors basketball over the last five years, six years, so I'm, I'll trust your opinion as far as that goes. But, I mean – I, it's still incredible what he is able to do to handle all the egos and personalities like Dr- controlling draymond still is is still a feat. like regardless. is it that
0: crazy that he hey, controlled saw- those personalities in the like listen like the only person that he's controlling at every point has I've really had to control is draymond and then kind of kd but when you have stephan clay and iggy it's like i don't necessarily think like he was doing the main work on avoiding the drama. When Draymond and KD got into a fight, that's when Steph yeah. was gone for three weeks. I I would just like
1: to say
2: Mark Jackson didn't is is the thing. Mark but Jackson's think, a moron. I I agree, <laughs> and, and that's the, that's the thing. But like I'm just saying that it's it's a very there's clear bitter night coach, bitter Mark analyst, and, and Steve Kerr. So I mean, it's like. I, to me, it's it's hard to say. I I don't know. I don't want to completely condemn Steve Kerr because this is still. I will. This roster does suck. Still, like regardless, this roster sucks. Outside yeah, of staff. but like,
0: what's the point of like you're you lose a game by six because uh, we didn't
1: we really didn't want to have to play Curry over thirty three minutes tonight. Yeah. What's
0: well, like, goddamn it! Can he play thirty five? Like he 35, thirty five, thirty two. Like, is that okay like,
1: if he plays twenty eight more seconds tonight? We'll make him play thirty two minutes the next game. You gotta win. Me, you gotta get in the playoffs. You, oh, a it little lifeline,
2: though, they might just be trying to match up with the Jazz. Because I truly think that they have the best shot of, of upsetting the Jazz in round one. Regardless of wherever they go, if the Jazz go to two or three even, I think the Warriors could fucking Well, kill. yeah,
0: because well, that's just because they're the—I I don't know. I think the Warriors, regardless of just them at a 6-7 or 8 seed, even if their team is obviously not as good as it has been years past, you just don't want to play that team. It's like kind of similar to like, the, like I don't know the Patriots or something like that where it's like th- these guys have all the experience so and you never know what could happen. But I don't know. I think the Warriors uh they're looking at like a 7 8 6 7 8, I don't know. They it's tough. It's tough. It's, so, tough. But it's a good Clay spot be to be in though.
2: I I think it, it's a good spot for I'd you. rather be like, in first. I understand. I completely, but I just think with this roster that's just not realistic yet. Maybe maybe when Clay comes back next year, and then you're stashed with two like See, top ten picks. Josh, I'm
0: not satisfied with no Western Conference Finals appearances like you are. I, I can't. All right, All right. I, can't, All right. I, can't, I can't. I can't. deal with that. I need some. Yeah, so, that's fair. That's fair. That's good. Good. Sorry about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's Just go to take our your next frustrations out. Let's I'm go to our to next here. story. Um, Carson Wentz traded to the Colts. Guys, these two stories I literally think broke. Two hours after we posted our pod last week. So, sorry if this is a little delayed. We just want to talk about it a little. Um, Carson Wentz goes to the Colts. Obviously, that situation in Philadelphia was not working out. He wanted out. Um, the Eagles get a 2021 third-round pick in a conditional 2022 second-rounder that if Wentz plays more than 75% of the snaps the season or games, it turns into a first. Um my initial reaction before I go to you guys is I think that this is an incredible deal by the Colts. This is the all like, such a great example of buy low. Um, a couple things about it: Carson Wentz MVP year. Who was um, the dude calling the plays?
1: Is that Frank quick. Reich?
0: It was. It was mm-hmm. the Colts head coach. Um, I know Phil was old this year, but. Andrew wouldn't you say you noticed a drastic difference in this year and the year before in the amount of time he had in being in Indianapolis and the advantages of that? Absolutely. I mean, talking about, about Philly's offensive line, yeah. He had time. He Phil- didn't have as Phil- much happy feet. Philly's offensive line has been garbage as well as their wide receiver weapons. I think I think that this is an incredible deal and I I think the Colts could win the Super Bowl. Then, I think I didn't give up on Wentz. I think he is still... if Okay, if he gets really hurt, obviously we can't control that. But just in terms of what I saw this year, yeah, he held onto the ball a little too long, but he had a terrible offensive line and literally no weapons, no running game, a dumb coach that he apparently didn't talk... They didn't talk for, like, weeks this year, which is crazy. How much
1: so more my, do you like them than the Titans? Is it like – because you like the Colts more than the Titans last year with Phil. Does this next to first down there?
0: I think – here's what I will say. I think that this definitely gives the Colts a higher ceiling than they had with Phil last year. And I do think um, – I think this helped. I would still, I guess, take Tennessee – no, no. I'll take this Indy team over Tennessee just barely because I do believe in Wentz a lot and the defense is great. Yeah. and um, look, look, they're young Jonathan Taylor See, at the end of the year we all like the Colts like, more than the Titans too. then yeah I think the, so too. the Titans got I'd some like problems. to say
2: though I think they have a lower floor though with, with Wentz than oh, yeah. last year I I think is also the thing because this could be the guy Wentz is from last year I mean I, I, I agree with you I think you're right I think it's offensive line I think it's shitty coaching I think it's a lack uh, the biggest thing to me is the lack of wide receivers for Wentz he had no one to fucking throw it to mm-hmm. like all year uh, and and every single one of those are way better in Indianapolis. But I I still think that there's a chance he just some it's psychological. He could just fucking lose it all. I mean, if I were to bet, I I don't think he's gonna be a pro bowler. Probably in this state either. Like I don't think he's I think he's good enough to make this. AFC is tough. Team. Exactly. That's the other thing too. Is I guess. But but like I mean, even at that level, I don't think he's gonna be producing at like even a pro bowl level. Um, oh, but I think I th- he can. I think he can. I think he can. I just don't think he will. Is, is I think it he, so. he will. And I'm – but keep fair. going. Sorry. Keep going. Just because I I, I think this might just be – I'm a little worried from what I saw from Wentz last year is, is more so what it all is. And I, I just don't I, – I hope reuniting them is enough because I still like Wentz too. I'm a believer as, as well. Um, I just think that he they don't need him to be that good either, though. So it's not even a bad thing, per se. I think I think any competent quarterback could succeed with the uh, Indianapolis couples Because that's exactly yeah, what easy. Phil's role
1: was last year. It was just to it's, be a filler. Oh yeah. um,
2: Such a shit division, oh! too. Oh!
0: My over hit. Holy 227, shit, the It was Suns dead game? in the water. It just hit. It was dead in the water. That's it right. hit. Sorry. 9-10, um, and ten, baby. 9-10. There we go. I've been on a slump. Wow. Wow. Andrew, sorry. Um, it's okay.
1: The funny thing about Carson Wentz, all I'm going to say is it's like the guy. So he has a much better offensive line. I wonder if he's still going to hold onto the ball for 16 seconds to run around.
2: That's. I don't I'd think like he will, as
1: well, because he'll yeah, well, have protection and he's got Frank Reich. So hopefully mm-hmm. he's just like, get rid of the ball, let's go. That's exactly what Philip mm-hmm. did.
0: Yeah, that's where I think Josh had a really a good point when he said like that he thinks the seal or the floor. You said the floor Floor's is lower, lower, right, Josh? Floor is lower, but the ceiling is also higher. I think last the, gap, year that, the gap is huge. Yeah, last year's Colts team, Phil, they were – it was limited. Like he, he was very controlled. They were running the ball a ton. They were running shorter passes, not really giving Phil opportunities to make mistakes because he's not that mobile and his arm wasn't as good. With Wentz, he, they might because of what he can do – they might give him a longer leash, and we could see those habits again. That would be the worry, I think. And I thought that was a good
2: point, Josh. No, for for sure. Um, and this also, uh, this trade might turn out to be a steal at the end of the day, too. On top of that, because uh, if this is a franchise quarterback, like I think we kind of all agree on that, this guy might be is is probably going to be good enough to carry this team to the playoffs. Absolutely, a couple of years, at least I think Carson uh, exactly. Wentz to pretty back, young.
1: Honestly, I think the I, whole I, I, yeah just being in Philly and just teammate there's too much Philly drama there you're gonna to go to the Colts it's gonna be a lot more quiet it's just better run organization new I mean, fresh he, he start a the lot, hell of lot of people it has a lot of people to prove wrong and he's Absolutely. ready to do that I think
0: mm-hmm. um you guys have anything else on this before we go to some NBA
1: I have All one right. NFL thing right. how about All Derek Carr it's gonna be resign with the Raiders most likely <laughs> is that the best news yeah, we- ever? we
0: got to get Kyle. we got to get Kyle back on the program sometime soon to talk about that. Because that's that,
2: awesome.
1: Makes me happy. That's, I mean, which, that's awesome. I love it. Makes me real happy.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah, I'd rather have a Carson Wentz right now, I think. Yeah, me too. By a,
0: like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'd rather have Marcus say, Mariota. I,
2: I think Derek Carr, <laughs> yeah, true. I think Derek Carr's yeah, value is probably higher right now. But, like, I I, I kind of, I just like what Wentz can do a little bit more. I'd yeah. rather trade the third rounder. It must
1: be nice to like sign a quarterback and just know he's going to be the third best in your division, regardless of what's going to happen. I love that.
0: That's so great. Goddamn. Yeah. Um, okay, B- good news there, Big Dog. Uh, bad news for Raiders fans. But, uh, gentlemen, the Nets are on a roll. KD has missed some games, too, and it hasn't mattered. James Harden has fit in seamlessly. This team is an offensive juggernaut, offensive super team. Um, I'm just going to read a couple stats to you guys, and I'm going to ask a question. So, right now, Kevin Durant is averaging 29 points per game, 5.3 assists. Kyrie Irving is averaging 27.7 points a game, 5.6 assists. Harden is averaging 24.2 points per game and 11.7 assists, and they are all shooting above 50% from the field. Are the Nets the title
1: favorites? Far and away. I would say yes. They have to day. right now because with AD being hurt, they have to be the clear-cut favorites, I think. Um, the only concern is that they just all three haven't played enough together. So that just worries me a little bit when you're playing playoff time under the bright lights a little bit more. But obviously, KD, James Harden, Kyrie, they've, they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Josh? Yeah, yeah,
2: I, I think so too. I, I, what Andrew said as well. Without AD, I just think that this has been the best looking team in the league right now, and they're one of two teams in the East to have a um, a positive road record. On top of that, so I think they're easily the favorite out of the East. The other team, can you guess the other team? Actually, let's let's see if anyone can With guess. With A it. positive road record, positive road record. Above and you're in, the in the East, in the East, the Sixers.
0: Nope. No wait 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 the raptors the orlando magic
2: nope damn oh they're (laughs) (laughs) uh bucks no it's not the bucks it's It's the freaking oh it's the new york knicks nope it's the indiana pacers damn it yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's actually insane um so that just kind of shows you i think those are the potential legit teams in the east as well on Mm -hmm. top of that I don't know if I buy uh, the Pacers though anymore. But they were good at the gate, and I think they're still riding that coast. But anyways, um, yeah, they just beat the Clippers without KD last night. Um, it was a pretty traumatizing loss for me, um, but <laughs> kind of a bullshit game. But we don't we don't have to get into that right now. Mm-hmm. Get into it, um, Josh. I want
1: to hear it. Ven a little bit. You want to hear? Yeah, All right. Ben well, Paul little, George
2: Josh. Paul George is on a minute restriction. Beta because um, he's just coming off of a, a somewhat so minor injury. And he couldn't play the final fucking minutes, basically of the game. Who was having like the the reason why the Clippers came back in that game at all is because Paul George was hitting finally in the fourth quarter, and then they couldn't even play him down the stretch because they capped out on what they were allowed to play him, and and that's just fucking ridiculous. I mean, like I get it's there to protect players and whatnot, but just dumb. And then finally, then the offensive foul on the game tying bucket by Kawhi. Oh, it's just such it was a flop it was a flop and and Kawhi pushed off sure but james harden threw his head back and they gave him the call i just don't understand how you call that if Kawhi's like that close granted Kawhi probably shouldn't have shoved off but like he didn't extend his arm he was physical but it's the end of the game i i just think you can't make that call like that's such a bad call to to de, to decide the game over that call is just it's terrible it's fucking terrible and and they should have probably gone into OT, but um, mm-hmm. Clippers did some dumb shit, too, by playing small at the end of the game that allowed DeAndre Jordan... I, DeAndre Jordan fucking dominated. A little revenge
0: downtown.
1: game there. <laughs> revenge, loves city. He tries
0: the least hard in the entire NBA. Um, I quickly yeah. wanted to say about... Uh, just about the Nets and everything is... Obviously, James Harden is a superstar and is a great player, and we have all known that. But getting to watch him in this role with Brooklyn where it's not like he is holding the world on his shoulder and has to do, not only does he have to have 13 assists, he has to put up 48 points to win or something, you know what I mean? Getting him, seeing him comfortable where he's not really like forcing anything or too tired, he is playing maybe the best basketball of his career right now. is unbelievable to watch. Him and KD, why I think the, and Kyrie, Kyrie has been fantastic too. But having Durant and Harden on the same floor, you're I don't I don't know how you beat that team. It's just offensively just you're going to have to to beat them, you have to bring your A game offensively always, kind of like with that Warriors team, Josh.
2: Uh, the one thing I really want to see them though is them match up with a bigger physical team cuz they're getting away with playing a lot of Bruce Brown minutes and I'm going to talk a little bit on about uh, Bruce Brown a little bit later so it's a little heads up. Nice but geez. uh they they they're they're, they're, uh, they're getting away with with a lot of these undersized minutes and and it, and it and it works if you can outscore the other team obviously every every fucking game. But I I think imagine playing Philly for a 7 game series. They're going to get fucking just They're going to get bodied constantly. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if they're going to have enough energy on both ends of the floor. And it's fine. Like, Philly's not good enough, probably, to keep up with them offensively at all. Well, to
0: jump in really quickly, pencil in Joel Embiid for, like, 35 points a game in a series. Like, that's how dominant he'll be. I still think the Nets could outscore it. Because they got three of those guys that are going to get 32 a night.
1: You're gonna get three guys to get 32 a night, no yeah, matter it's a good, what. It's a
0: good point, Josh. You know though, is who they could really use, Jared Allen.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's and and what that's why Bibi? I still think there's they have, there's a buyout guy. Exactly. I think I don't know. They're how. gonna they need they need still size because their only center on roster right now is Deandre Jordan. Because I'm not counting Jeff Green. Jeff Green's been playing really well though. I will say in the stretch. But shout out to you. They, yeah. <laughs> 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 they uh so which is great but um like again deandre jordan just i I hope he can just like hustle for a seven game series again because that's what we're talking about is Mm -hmm. these these playoff series with size matchup but i just still see Giannis is gonna fucking kill them though i still think and it still might not be enough
0: do you not think you could throw durant at Giannis for some minutes and that might be effective in a playoff game andrew
1: what'd you just say are you talking shit on me defense yeah, do you, are you saying, are you saying, saying Kevin like, Durant's gonna KD shut down could, Giannis? Basically, no.
0: I'm just saying he could do a good job on Giannis for stretches of a game yes, in the of playoffs. Course he
1: could, because that's who he's supposed to be. It's, it's Kevin Durant who can't shoot. I understand that. We're all waiting for it. It's like seven years later, he's still like once a week. We'll try to like check up three or four threes, but he's still hesitant, and it just looks weird. Love you, Giannis. Okay.
0: Um, transitioning to another topic about the NBA, I thought it would be a fun exercise to do our top five NBA point guards right now. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do this is because we may have done something similar to this last year, I believe, but Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving weren't really playing. So that obviously changes things. Um, before we do our list, one through five, want to throw a couple things out there at you guys. Um, I'm not considering LeBron James or Luka Doncic point guards.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. All right, that changes my I, number I, one. I there. still think I think Luca's is a point guard, though. I think he he definitely plays point guard in this rotation. He's he's one of the he's one of the backcourt members. Okay, is, is, yeah. That uh, I, it, okay, yes, LeBron, a point I guard, agree yeah? with. LeBron, okay. I agree with, but but Luca to me is a point guard.
1: Okay, okay. all right, changes.
0: Good to know. Good to know. Um, wow, Andrew, you're gonna put him at one. That is incredibly disrespectful. Uh, I, I
1: might really piss you off here, but continue. It's you said right now. Right this second. This season, how they've been playing. Yeah. And i the past three weeks, it's a couple people caught
0: my eye. I know what you're gonna do, but it's like What do you, what am I gonna do? You're gonna put Luca and Dame over Steph.
1: Oh, I'm not tough. putting Dame. It's not, oh, it's, thank not God. it's gonna be thank it might God. even be worse.
0: No uh look, whatever. We'll get to it. We'll fucking figure it out when we but cross that tees. road. Um my number one is Stephen Curry. Wait, wait,
2: wait. Oh, I was going to go descending instead. might be better. But let's, yeah, let's start it. Well, one. we can
0: descend. No, let's just do one. Yeah, let's descend. Everyone knew my one would be Curry. Uh, but really quick, Curry, we'll get to it later. But, I mean, he's having one of his best seasons of his career statistically. And it's crazy the, the percentage he's shooting from the field, but the volume and the lack of talent around him. Um, okay, I'll go five then. Uh, I have Chris Paul. Same. I think Chris Paul is a- had a great CP three (laughs) CP three um he had
2: 19 assists the other night it was yeah fucking ridiculous no I don't think there were many turnovers if any at all but insane yeah I have him at five as well I he's 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 the ageless wonder and he should be talked about just as much as LeBron is with how old he's getting and how effective he is on the court
0: yeah he also has a lot of uh championship appearances that we could talk about about
1: you I mean, almost made one with the Clippers, talk, right? Like,
0: what? We're talking about Chris Paul like LeBron? Come on now. Easy.
1: You Easy. just made just Brian made stand up rel- for LeBron James. Brian just stood up <laughs> for LeBron James. This is the first <laughs> time that's happened. AG mark goes, it down. I mean, What's the day's date? February 22nd. that's one of the
2: biggest things about LeBron's storyline is how old he is and how dominant he still is. And that's more of what the argument I meant. Not as far as like in their own lanes as basketball players. Obviously, mm-hmm. LeBron has been like triple the career of Chris Paul. Double, at least. Maybe yeah. just one
1: time. Don't give him too much
0: credit. Uh, yeah. Don't, yeah. You can't give him too much credit, now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris Paul and Booker, it took a little time at the beginning of the season to work itself out, but now it just looks electric. Uh, Phoenix's offense is fantastic. Uh, Chris Paul, yeah, he is an ageless wonder. He's still doing it. So, Chris Paul at five. Big Dog, did you have CP3 at five?
1: I had CP3 at five.
0: Okay. Um, I will go to number four, then. I got Kyrie. Kyrie, um, so... On a game-to-game game basis, he, you could make an argument that he should be higher on this list. But what I will say is that he's missed a lot of time. And um, I think that and it wasn't really with an injury. It was just he took it off. So i am he's still, I have him at four, ranked very high. But it's like, I don't know. I don't really worry about really anyone else on this list, it's like a Steph Curry or a Chris Paul, just not wanting to be there. So as good as he is and as electric he is on the court and how good he's been this year, I will have him there. But he's being punished a little bit for that. Um, so I have him at four. Uh, Big dog, who you got?
1: This is where I put Damian Lillard. I have Damian Lillard at four. Ooh. So I hard. know
2: that's, that's disrespectful. You no, know,
1: maybe it is. Maybe not. We're talking about Joe. Ronaldo's right gonna be coming at you. Go for it, Joe. Good guy. Ooh. Um, he likes Padres, I think.
0: Oh, no, don't trust Joe
1: oh he's a mariner
0: he's fan he's a mariner fan he's a fucking loser i love you joe um andrew do you have anything else on dame lillard or should we go josh go to
1: josh
2: go to josh i have luka Doncic here huh. actually um i i think he's he's phenomenal obviously and still in his second as uh, third year to be this high up is still an accomplishment uh, it's probably a little low for since we just made him eligible for a uh, point guard position. Yeah. But I think this is I think this is the spot for him right now though cuz I think he's he's still not like a phenomenal three-point shooter yet. Uh, once he gets like a complete knockdown, he 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 shoots like about 30% is is about where he is. He's still clutch. he's a good three-point shooter, but he's still just not like he's not dominant in that regard. He's a great playmaker. His usage rate is is insane. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more team success and longevity, though, for Luka Doncic to kind of jump up in this in this rating as far. But he's still he's incredible. When he's on, he's one of the mm-hmm. best players in the NBA by far.
0: Yeah, um, I do think. I mean, his team this year. I do think it is important. Like winning does matter. Obviously, I say that a lot. But he has had some weird uh, things happen with his team this year. But he's also been at fault for maybe not coming in the best shape as well. So um, you have him at four. Okay, I'll go to my three i have luca at three um i think luca does all the little things i think you could make an argument to put him higher on this case i think he's carrying that mavericks team um i just think there's two guys right now who are having uh who i would rank above of who i would rather have um but obviously if this was long term or maybe even more than one year it's luca no doubt but um yeah i mean. what what am i to say about luca he's a he's a superstar who's having his rookie year he broke all the records his second year he's breaking all the records his third year he's doing the same i want to see a little more defensive grit which i think we'll see as he gets older and i also really am excited for the season where luca just shows up in like ridiculously good shape because that will be like really fucking cool because i don't think we've seen that he's in good shape or whatever but not to i think what he could totally be he's still super young though you oh know? yeah, that's I mean, the yeah. Thing. So that exactly, and like he's
2: once he like realizes that's what he needs to do to win at a, like a high yeah. level like that, he's gonna be yeah, it, ridiculous. And I, I the,
0: the people who I had at two and three, it's like you could change it like so. And he's so young. The fact that he's in this conversation with these guys, it's a good point, Josh. So uh, Andrew, who do you have at numero tres?
1: All right. So right now, just right now, I know he's your number one. Right. I got Steph Curry at three right now.
0: So that's this season. That's
1: this. Se- I know. Yeah, I get it. Okay,
0: I'm just. I'm just clarifying. It's, it's like, like uh, Lucas got week, the turnovers, but he's
1: got you know. Anyways, it's Steph Curry's my number three right now. All right. You can you're gonna have your little fit in a second. Go ahead, Josh. I
2: got a. Uh, I got James Harden here,
1: at three. Wait, and
0: wait, I know. Uh, wait, I, James Harden doesn't count. No, he's a point oh, guard oh, oh, oh. A He
1: point doesn't count, he's my um, number two, Brian He fucking counts He's got Kyrie then? Well, the, Kyrie, you made Kyrie the point, he doesn't want to be there I'm taking actually, the guy with 11.7 assists If you really want to
2: do this That's exactly what it is, he's leading the league in assists And he has the Third highest uh, assist What is it, let me see Assist ratio, I think is the stat Alright, well, Kyrie's not so on my list
0: anymore James Harden can take a spot
2: Yeah, whatever Like they both are point guards. I think it's like a dumb thing to differentiate guards like that. But like James Harden is more of the point guard for this Brooklyn team.
0: Yeah. But the problem with that is like Kyrie is a point guard and he's on the team. And so if we're gonna say, oh, he plays a lot of point guard, then LeBron James is a point guard. Because there's a point guard on his team and he LeBron runs majority point guard. Well they I think
2: they both How is that different? Is the thing. But like they specifically there was like an interview I I I read. I, about LeBron
0: James it. would play. I would say like probably play seventy five percent of point guard, but and James Harden's playing fifth. I don't think I would. He defends
2: wings though too. On top of that, he doesn't defend the other team's guard. LeBron, if that's how you want it, that might be a cleaner way of going at it.
0: I mean, James Harden like defends wings all the time. What are we talking about? He, James Harden like it matches up against fours in the playoffs.
2: Well, Patrick Beverly guarding like Draymond yesterday, um, for instance. Um, I i don't know i think if you
0: put like putting harden in and luca i think then it's like okay well then lebron should be in it so um okay you guys can have harden in it i'll just keep Kyrie. i'm not even i'm not gonna put harden in my top five so uh who's next
1: well that was my number two was james harden right now so (laughs) all right
2: there we go i'll jump in then um then since i i think i guess me and brian have the same top two then i'm guessing Um, yeah because i've I've Dame. You guys see two. my point though about how James oh, Harden. Absolutely. If
1: James Harden won, I had LeBron here is. Harden slash Irving, but I just was gonna say Harden and then. Because he got. I mean, he's, got, I, he's averaging eleven point seven right now, and I, I. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even realize
0: saying, is like, by that same thing. It's an, okay. Well, then LeBron technically we would have to say is two, and okay, well then LeBron's the best point guard in the league. So it's.
2: I right? to me he's still he's still a forward. LeBron. I know he kind of plays more as the playmaker and whatnot, forward. but like. He's, he plays, plays majority with the as the point guard. Rondo, when he played with Rondo, Rondo was the point guard, for instance, though. He brings like up the ball in LeBron- the
0: corner. Rondo would play like he, first of all, sucked in the regular season and played like 12 to 18 minutes in a playoff game. Majority of the time when LeBron wasn't on the floor, so they had someone else to do it. I don't think that it's fair to say. Like, we're talking about Kyrie and James Harden. That's much more split than Rondo-LeBron. Right? I mean whatever uh josh who, who do you have it to
2: yeah i got i got uh i got dame here uh i wanted to do the the dame over curry take but i just can't it's just not true like i i can't um dame's obviously having an incredible season he's he's scoring the up the ball like a fucking monster he's averaging more assists than curry if that's the route you want to go so he plays a little bit more as a playmaker. So maybe if, if you deem that to be like a traditional point guard, maybe Dame is better in that regard. But Steph Curry's having, again, one of his most efficient You can't make seasons. the traditional
0: point guard element and then have – uh, uh, <laughs> argument
2: right after we just fucking blew it up with James Harden being one. That's fair. That's fair. That, <laughs> that absolutely. I agree. That's why I wasn't – I'm just saying that those are the counters Uh, to, to – to, or maybe if you wanted to put Dame higher. Dame also is uh top of the league in almost every clutch stat on top of that. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's a fucking monster is the thing. And this is mm-hmm. – I think the closest this debate has ever been of Dame and Curry. But I still think it's Curry over Dame. And, and and it is, like, there it, it's still a, a gap, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I have Dame at two. I have Curry at one. I
0: think Dame is incredible. And if Steph Curry didn't exist, he would get, like, he'd be worshipped a lot more, even though he's already very popular. Um, I do think today, I think Dame should, I had, I think Dame should have probably started over Luka in the All-Star game. I think that Dame has earned it, not only just of a career thing, but he, this year, he's been incredible, especially with CJ McCollum going out, um, Dame at two, 100%. yes. Dame, though, you can't. The Curry-Dame thing, it's like, okay, but everyone deep down, you know that Curry's better than Dame Willard. Curry has swept Dame Willard from the playoffs without Kevin Durant and, like, outscored him every single time. Like, Steph has just dominated that those two when they play. So Dame's got to, like, beat Steph in the playoffs and own him because right now when you look at it, I think Curry's something like, what, is he? Twelve and 12 and two, something in the playoffs, games, like just
2: freaking smashes him. So I'll try to look that up. But yeah, I think a ring is going to have to be the—that's the only way to me that Dame gets level is he's got to win a championship before we can start saying Dame over Curry.
1: Mm -hmm. And Andrew uh, at one, Luca. I just think he's—I think he's the best right now. Well, LeBron, but he's the top three player. Luca. Mm -hmm. But I I get like how he's not like the traditional.
0: Like, no, I think Luka, like, I would sh- say it's tough. Luka, Harden, and LeBron Oof. are just so unique. Yeah. What, Josh? Uh,
2: I just looked up the head-to-head. 10-0. He's never down. lost. and Yeah, never, never lost. lost in the playoffs. Uh, 25-7, overall in, in <laughs> 25-7. Is that, and overall. 25-7. In
0: the playoffs, Curry like, averages like 38 points a game when he plays the Blazers, too. Yeah, 30-32. Like, uh, and 5. Dame's at like 25.
2: 27. But, yeah. Yeah. And and Curry for the for the record, Curry has six point eight assists to
0: and more rebounds, five
2: point nine and more rebounds. Yeah, better <laughs> shooting percentage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah. 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 It's it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, the head-to-head um, numbers are not the way to go at this.
1: But being okay. one in ten so, might be better than just kidding put <laughs> all those LeBron <laughs> yeah. lovers out there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you've been there ten times. Yeah, so. credit to
0: him. We should give him a participation trophy. <laughs>
2: you lost the Curry 10 times. I mean, that's, yeah. that's an honor.
0: Um, Okay, we'll do another top five of players right now next week because I do like how it gets the blood flowing and gets a little contentious. I, we'll,
2: we'll probably have to establish position rules. Yeah, <laughs> really week. what
0: happened honestly was in my head I was like, okay, who do I need to rule out? And I was like, okay, well, LeBron, Luka. And then I didn't even think about it because now Harden with Kyrie, I didn't know how to like, I don't know. Whatever. That's just. It's fair. It's fair. Um, And with those types of players, it's picking between apples and oranges at a certain point. Um, Okay. Top five NFL players you have ever seen, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to give you the top five NFL players we've seen in our lifetime. I would just like to say to all our listeners out there, I was born in 1996, so I'm sorry if Jerry Rice is not on my list or Joe Montana emmett smith whatever barry sanders i was not alive so the best players i've seen so that's basically from 2000 on um so we're gonna do a top five uh we'll do uh we'll start with five big dog how about you kick us off
1: number five i got Ledanian thompson the second best running back i have personally seen Mm-hmm. He's a I I mean, what else you need to say he's got 30 touchdowns in a year whatever he's the man mm-hmm. i will um
0: i'll go in the middle i will say i love lt he did not make my list he would have been like sixth probably or seventh and it's just because of the playoffs um but it, the best running back season i think i've ever seen it's 2006 was LT. yeah so yeah, credit to that point so um my number five I have Rob Gronkowski. He is, it's different. Like, we see these Kittles and these Kelsey's that are so explosive, or so fast, and obviously incredible seasons. Gronk was just, there There was something about him. He was just a freak specimen. The way he could just truck people, the way he could jump over people, how big he was, how big he came up in big playoff games time and time again. I mean, fuck, he just did it this year in the Super Bowl. Um, I was between Gronk and Larry Fitzgerald for this five spot for me and I went with Gronk but uh honorable mention to Larry Fitzgerald Josh who you got at five
2: yeah I so I try to limit myself for positions wise when I made my top five so I don't have a repeat at any position here okay so I think it's really easy to fill this list up with quarterbacks or wide receivers I or, don't either actually yeah I have oh, all different positions well done then um at five for me I have I have Ed Reed um he was he was just the fucking safety ball hawk that i've i love ball hawks first of all and just the way that he was able to just completely trick the quarterbacks and just hearing everybody talk about him in interviews too he's one of the best uh secondary players i've ever seen in my life um he fucking he got pain manning like really bad i don't know if you have you seen that like nfl films thing yeah, yeah where belichick it's, is that you should yeah, tell that story yeah, really but, quickly well i uh, Belichick basically is just raving. I mean, because you got to understand, too, is Belichick is, is historically a guy that doesn't show any emotion. And he fucking lights up talking about Ed Reed, selling all this shit about how Ed Reed was able to fake how uh, I'm trying. to. OK, uh, i, I, I I'll jump this. in. Yeah. Basically, yeah. like
0: what would happen was in the first half when the Colts would run a certain player formation, Ed Reed would bite knowing that the he Peyton Manning wasn't going to that guy, but where he would put himself on the field, knowing that Peyton would see, oh, Ed Reed's coming in. So he does that a couple times, and then in the fourth quarter, third quarter, big play of the game, they go to it, and Peyton Manning is just, hell yeah, that guy's going to be open. Ed Reed's been doing that the whole game, and Ed Reed is right there and totally just played a mind game with Peyton Manning and got the pick. And that's just fucking crazy. So He's great pick. Great pick He's by you, genius. Josh. Yeah. yeah. Um. Andrew, who you got for?
1: Sticking to running backs, Adrian Peterson's the best running back I've ever seen. He's he's still doing it. He's still playing. He's 36 years old. He's still doing it. Yeah, he's
0: unbelievable. Um, I have at number four, I have a safety. uh, It was actually Troy Polamalu who I went with. Um, Ed Reed, you. you could make the argument. I totally get that. Like, yeah, either or. In this it was situation. tough. It was
2: tough between Paul Malu and Reed yeah. for me, and, and Woodson
0: the, too. The way Paul Malu just not—he obviously he famously could j- time the snap, jump over the line very well. But just the amount of big tackles that dude had in the ground game behind the line in big playoff games, just he's always in it. He was just—he was just an animal, and he was a part of the obviously a great Steelers defense and. Him and Ed Reed, what was great about that era was they were the two best safeties and they were so different. And they were each effective in their different ways. Paul Malu a little more effective in the running game. So uh, I went with that at four. But um, Josh, who are you thinking at four?
2: Yeah, I also have AP here. Uh, he's still I he he won a fucking MVP in 2012 coming after a uh, what was it, ACL. ACL tear. after Yeah, a nine month recovery comes back and has a the, one of the best running back seasons i've i've ever witnessed personally mm-hmm. he he's he's a fucking tank the the fact they had no quarterback on that minnesota team the entirety of while, while he was there and the offense was still that fucking good when the whole time defense mm-hmm. knew they were going to run the ball he carried them to the playoffs, the playoffs a couple times yeah yeah exactly. crazy that alone like the fact he was able to carry it maybe derrick henry's gonna get there maybe potentially but with however his career goes because that this last season it was kind of up there it was ap-esque mm-hmm. but i i just got to go with the with the with the og with mm-hmm. uh, adrian peterson and i also almost went rob gronkowski here too because i just never have seen he, he just looked broken like he looked like he broke defenses like yeah. there's just nothing you could do about it but mm-hmm. yeah on to on to three
0: um big dog who you got three for us
1: the greatest middle linebacker ever teammates with ed reed ray lewis my freaking lo- who doesn't love watching ray lewis play and then the, him I watching like him saying, win who doesn't love ray lewis I uh, <laughs> die, like, we know what it. happened in that atlanta club <laughs> but besides that um watching him win his final year with the like the ravens so cool. that was cool he's the best it linebacker does, uh, i've ever seen
0: Yeah, I would say Ray Lewis is the best linebacker I've ever seen as well. I would say um, that peak Patrick Willis. You can't compare him because Patrick Willis did such a shorter amount of time. But good lord, Patrick Willis was like crazy too. But the thing to Ray Lewis, to Andrew's point, and to Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis played for so long.
1: It's like 37, yeah. 38 as a middle he was linebacker. always in the mix, just always Undersized giving us all every too. week. Yeah. On top of that, Willis, animal. 30 when he retires. Keekley, same yeah. thing. I mean, so many people retire in mm-hmm. that position early.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, I'm up now at three. I will go uh, to Randy Moss. Mm. Randy Moss is my I number three. Put him in here. He's the, is the best wide receiver I've ever seen. He. Um, That 2007 New England Patriots season obviously is what you think about. He had like 22 touchdowns or something. I personally love that because I had him in my fucking fantasy team, and that was awesome. But Randy Moss was just – there's a reason they call it Mossing someone. He was faster than you. He was taller than you. He was tougher than you, and he had just the ultimate swagger. And what was crazy was you saw the beginning of his career, he had some success with Culpepper. But then he kind of went through some stuff where he didn't have a good quarterback or wasn't doing great. And then you see him with Brady in New England, and it's just like a cheat code. So I will go Randy Moss there for my number three to
2: you, Josh. Yeah, uh, this was this was probably my toughest spot, I think, on the board for me. Um, I, I'm going Aaron Donald here. It's It was between him and J.J. Watt. I wanted to do a pass rusher here. Um, and, and I wound up, Aaron Donald just slightly edges him out, I think, just because it, probably recency bias at this point. But he's just been so fucking dominant over the last five or six, seven years. Uh, it, it's it's fucking insane. He plays the defensive tackle position, gets double-digit sacks, is triple-teamed constantly, still is effective. He's just a fucking one-man wrecking crew, and that that's like the perfect way to describe him. I've just never seen a game-breaker on the D-line, as, as much as he has in person than than Aaron Donald.
0: All right, um, Andrew, you are number two.
1: Going with this. I agree
0: with that too, Josh. Josh, he's a fucking animal. I mean, the sometimes where I feel like it's hard to respond to you guys sometimes when we're doing this because it's just like, yep. yep, all these guys are so <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, number
1: two. I'll um, make it short and sweet. Peyton Manning. Do we need to say much about that? He's a great second best quarterback I've ever seen. Every year, getting 40, 50 touchdowns. I would
0: just like to say I'm surprised you didn't put... You have him over Rodgers. I have him over Rodgers. Yeah, I actually thought about Rodgers, but...
1: Peyton's got two rings, baby. (laughs) But Peyton's better overall. The no huddle, he Mm -hmm. is amazing. Okay. Uh, My number two is the greatest
0: running back I have ever seen. Uh, It's Adrian Peterson. I... That season after the ACL, it's like he came back stronger. The fact that he, again, I'm saying this again, the fact that he carried those Minnesota Vikings teams to playoff appearances, they did have a good D line and a decent defense, but he was the biggest game changing running back I've ever seen. And Derrick Henry, it's interesting you bring that up because I would say it is reminiscent of Adrian Pearson, especially not this past year, but the year before when he kind of carried him in the playoffs. Um, but just I don't know, Adrian, like you, Andrew said, Adrian Peterson's thirty six and he's still doing it. So I will say Adrian Peterson as my number two. Josh, you're number two.
2: I got I got Calvin Johnson here, and and I, I fucking I love Calvin Johnson. I didn't see as much as Randy Moss in the early years when he was on Minnesota. Oh, yeah, mostly. you're a young boy. Yeah, so that's so that's part of the reason. So Calvin Johnson to me is the best receiver I've I've ever seen. Uh, he. Damn near top 2,000 yards in, uh, what was that, I think, 2012. I think it was mm-hmm. the same year as Adrian Peterson. So it was just a great year for fucking football, yeah. skill position. NFC North. Yeah. And um, never – I mean, Stafford's a good quarterback, not like a fantastic quarterback. But there, the lines weren't good during the stretch. And he, he, I think, personally, was my favorite player to watch always because he would always do some crazy fucking shit. Every game there was about two or three catches that you just be like, Wow. And that's Calvin Johnson to me. He's fast as shit. He's six foot five, catching over anybody. I mean, just slightly taller than Randy Moss. Uh, the one play that I always I always remember is uh, he caught the fucking hail mary over three Bengals players, and it was like a legit like three players all covering him, and it was just it's fucking incredible, Magatron. Calvin Johnson. It's and it's shitty that I. I I'm Sorry, Stephen but it's just shitty he happened to be in Detroit because they just didn't do him right towards the end of his career. Josh just never takes
0: a break. He's <laughs> just taking I know. relentless. It's, it's always
1: coming at the Relentless,
0: Stephen, our most loyal listener, and I Josh <laughs> just every time. <laughs> just they kidding. forced him just just into <laughs> retirement.
2: I mean, it's it's shitty because he still had a couple of good years would probably agree left. with you. And, and and it sucks because he, he wouldn't even leave the fucking city because he was that loyal. He was such a good dude. And and shout out Calvin Johnson. We're and Barry Sanders, that, same but, fate
0: happened to him. But, um, exactly. We all same. have the same number one, right, Tom Brady?
2: Yeah.
1: Zero, yeah. Whoa, you don't have him? Wait, 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 I, wait, wait. I just want to know, you don't even have him in your top five going on. You know Tom
0: Brady is a top five player you've ever seen?
1: He has more rings is than this Jordan, but like
2: ironic? Is this Are sarcastic? you trying to get
1: clicks right now? What's going on? Like, what is going on? Are you Nick Wright? <laughs>
2: yeah. like, I might be. I think you were you are.
1: Max Keller
0: like, Oh, how gonna, in you're the gonna, world. You're gonna fucking hate me. I already Josh, do hate you. Josh, Josh
1: like, Tom I don't Brady understand. has been
0: to a championship game for literally like how old are you, Josh?
2: Uh, 23, 22. Jesus Christ, I forgot my own name. Five,
0: there's only been five years of your life that Tom Brady is not, like, winning a champ, uh, I know. in a championship game.
1: But then he's winning championships how, at Michigan. How,
0: Josh, how is Aaron Donald better than Tom Brady? How is Calvin Johnson?
1: How is than Calvin Ray? Johnson, who played till he was 29 or 30? like, he retired and he got Josh, the, he's the. How do you not have security be- on this? It's, let me, it's the let Stafford second on. half <laughs> effect. The Lions down 28 0. Hey, we need 19 Hail Marys. Might as well get some fantasy points. I wasn't going to light you up. Now I'm going to light Did you up. You make the top 10. You just woke up beast. What do you have to say yeah, for Tom yourself? He's in
2: my top 10. Yes, oh, he's in my oh, top 10. But here's the wow. Thing. He's a
1: top 10 let me player. Just say,
2: <laughs> let me just say, he is. He is the greatest quarterback of all time, for sure. Most Who did accomplished. You have all this did you have shit. a quarterback in here? Are you gonna say fucking Patrick Mahomes? I'm gonna say Patrick Mahomes.
1: You've seen you you've seen 20 years of Brady, though. Here's the thing.
2: Here's the thing. Longevity, 33
1: year old Tom Brady just fucking cooked his ass in the Super Bowl. This is I Aaron Rodgers. Like this is the Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady debate, Here's right now. Thing, Here's the thing, though. Here's the
2: thing. The best quarterback I've ever seen. Is Patrick Mahomes when he's on it is the thing. That's the thing. Is of course, of course, Tom Brady's better in in almost any other way except play. Patrick, Mah- you'd rather have Patrick Mahomes no. as far as just no, a skill. No, because you get
1: Jesus' side on you. You get God's side. I, it looks prettier sometimes when Pat Mahomes does it. But sorry, go ahead.
2: No, that's. I mean, that's really the thing. Is is of course, Tom Brady has a better career. Everything, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I just think oh, yeah. Mahomes is better. How? How
0: has not one of Tom Brady's drives in his career where he just systematically rips the heart out of a team and just is the most clutch player? He doesn't make the top five?
2: I know. I know. It's, like you, he's you just, he's number. Okay, I mean, if it helps you, he's he's literally. It was a close call between him and Mahomes. He is my number oh, that's two. Nice. As far <laughs> as. Actually, he might be number three behind Aaron Rodgers. What so the as, like, fuck's going
1: on actually, right now? What just are you as doing? far as who I've seen. <laughs> You are digging yourself in a hole.
2: What? I I believe it. I know. I know. I know. And he believes it. I mean, Brian, we're not forcing him to say this. Totally.
1: We're not paying you to say this, Josh. Tell we're not paying you to say this. We're not branding you. We're not hitting you. We're not water torturing you. We don't sending people. You
0: named two quarterbacks that Tom Brady beat in this year. I know. I, I know. I know. One
1: hundred. You realize Patrick Mahomes the only times he's lost is against Tom Brady, right?
0: You realize. Like, Patrick Mahomes has never thrown, like, did t- Patrick Mahomes throw over 50 touchdowns ever, Andrew? I don't, think so. I don't think so. I don't know. He He'll might have it. been close. He'll
1: do it, though. I don't He'll even, do like, like, I'm just appalled because I, <laughs> I just, I can't even know. It's a, I thought that was, like, it was, I was almost boring place. because I didn't have to think about number one because, like, oh, the guy's okay. got, and I thought recency bias and everything. Oh,
0: my God. If you just, When you watch the YouTube video of this, folks, you'll see my brain
2: just break. Josh, this is electric. I know. Keep going. You're welcome. But the the reason why I did this this way is because there's he no is reason. just the most skilled quarterback I've seen. I Obviously, Calvin, there's been way better receivers that have had better careers than Calvin Johnson in that respect. Uh, people that have actually won Super Bowls, gone to the fucking playoffs, won a playoff game. But I just mean, as far as the talent aspect. What did you watch Patrick for Mahomes seventeen
1: years before Patrick Mahomes burst on this? Did you watch football the from two thousand to two thousand seventeen? He
0: okay. Here, another thing, credit to Josh. He's not a fucking Chargers fan. Hasn't had his heart ripped out just That's true. fucking five times by that man. But it's a Washington wow, Josh, fan. Yeah, if you're gonna I, die it, on this hill, I salute to you, I brother. Know, but I,
2: I, listen, I, it's not I'm like just... I'm. If I were to say the greatest quarterback of all time, as far as just Everything else, it's Tom Brady and every other thing. But if you're just saying talent, skill, um, player, player to player, obviously by heart, leader, whatever else you want to say in every other capacity that makes a football player for an NFL player, it's Tom Brady. But just as far as talent, skill, I think it's it's Mahomes. And then partially like excitement. It, it's probably a lot of excitement too. It's just he's he's also one of my favorite quarterbacks I've ever mm-hmm. seen in my life, and it's well, yeah, it's probably because Brady's definitely boring the way he does it and the way he plays. But I just mean I, he's good and he doesn't Brady Brady is is amazing. Obviously, obviously he's so you'd have I Rogers think, over Brady too. I think I would just again the same. Anyone story else? Easy. Anyone else? Just so I know, I want to Russell, remember this. No, what about no, Phil. It's so his turn, Phil, Phil. Come on.
1: <laughs> if, if, Thank you, Josh. Don't, so don't even think about it. Than, Thank if you. If we're saying
0: quarterbacks
2: are better than Tom Brady, I can say Phil Burris is a top five player of all time. <laughs> Same thing. And then I, w- I would put probably Peyton fourth as well on top of that. So Phil at three Tom Brady. Where's Phil? No, no, no. Brady. <laughs> yeah, he's just going to put Phil instead of <laughs> Tom and then go uh, Peyton and then go know, to Tom. Phil Phil makes my top ten. For sure, I think he might be six or seven potentially. Wait a second,
1: okay.
0: But there's a top ten quarterback. What do
2: you think here? I just he's he's been Russell so good. For the, think Russell like, Wilson's better. I just like sometimes I honestly, like honestly like
0: this all this conversation is gonna cause is like Joe Rinaldi is gonna fucking text me about how much Phil sucks and it's just like Joe, you started watching football. Do
1: you think Drew really Brees is, is better than far. Phil, Josh? This is just a real question. Ooh,
2: that's a good I'll one. Die, I'll die on that No, I, I no, mean, don't let Brian influence you. Obviously Ooh.
1: you won't because I, Tom Brady's the third best quarterback of all time. I love that. <laughs> that is my favorite. I, yeah, thing. I think
2: Drew Brees, Drew Brees is better than Phil. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I think so, I'm, so I'm too. Sorry. I'm sorry, Brian, but I agree with that. I think they, I think it's close. I think it's really close, though. I, yeah. I think he's had a better team, though, to be fair. Drew Brees historically.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, those 2006, 2009 Chargers were pretty damn good. Is all I'm going to say they were. They're just yeah. cursed. I think no,
0: it's no. it's just like pretty much like. Drew Brees got away from Nate Kading. That's, That's it. a big, big deal. That That's a it. big deal. Um, Wow. another. Con- we're going to be doing each ep- episode. Next week we'll do uh, MLB, and then the following week we'll do NBA. So these top fives will be quite entertaining. I don't know if anything will ever top Josh's bombshell that Tom Brady is not in his top five and is actually the, th- is the third most talented quarterback of all time. Or that be, it's just best players you've seen. So it's Tom Brady's the third best quarterback that Josh has seen. Just that, just what we described as. Okay, next segment is NBA.
2: Yeah, I s- yeah. uh, just to be, best best and greatest are different, even though hey, I know, I know no, they're synonyms. I know, I know but, what you're the saying. boat, the you know. boat, or the goat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like just, yeah. you know, Josh. like Emmett Smith had a better career, but Barry Sanders is probably the better running back, for instance. Yeah, you know, that's so. a good point. Phil Rivers, Johnny Unitas. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh, I'm not going to go first in this next se- segment. Um, we're going to talk about an mm-hmm. NBA sleeper. So this isn't like how I want to describe this. This is a younger player who <clears throat> can already be doing pretty well, but you think is set to like take a leap maybe and be uh, – it doesn't have to make him a superstar, but just a key could be a key contributor on a championship-winning team. Does that make sense, Josh?
2: Yeah. Yes, you start sure. you start us off that, now the, the last caveat kind of does have me a little worried on a championship roster when i bring up this player cuz he's definitely not in a championship roster i don't and i don't know what his potential is beyond that but i just want to highlight DeAndre Hunter for the Atlanta Hawks cuz i think he's I think had that's good a, He's had a phenomenal year. He's seventeen point two points per game. Gets lost in the shuffle a lot with this Atlanta team. That's really just the Trey Young show. He's missed a lot of games from injury too. I think he might even be hurt right now. I I don't quote me on that though. Um, but he's, should we just he quote should, you on Tom Brady? Yeah, I was gonna say that. You can you can quote me on that one though. Sure. Okay. Uh, he's shooting fifty eight percent from the field, eighty nine from free throw, and he's just turned out to be a really solid wing player for this team. Good defender. And he's kind of everything I thought he would be when he was drafted last year. I still kind of liked Reddish at the time, and that's turning out to be a fucking abysmal take. But uh, I mean, DeAndre not Hunter,
0: only were you wrong, but like so were the freaking people who like recruited him to call. It was like ranked so high yeah. as a prospect. I mean, he's just sucked. But I still, he could
2: still get it together. I think. He's young. But, like but but DeAndre Hunter. I mean, is he was taken like five picks higher than Reddish, first of all. But but I think Hunter's been really fucking good, and I. I think he's going to be a solid player and he could be the second best player if they do get rid of John Collins at any mm-hmm. point. For this and team.
0: I think uh, you're, if you're worried about him being a piece on a championship team, I think Deandre Hunter totally could. Doesn't necessarily mean his championship team has to be this Hawks team because that's yeah. tough. but he could totally be a piece on a championship team. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go in the middle and then big dog. will wrap up with you. Um, my sleeper is DeJounte Murray. He was a uh, missed a fair bit of time last year to injury. Um, actually I actually have a photo with him at NBA Summer League. Kind of random, but I do. Um, this Definitely. year he's got 15.1 points per game, five points up from his uh, uh, his uh, scoring average like the past couple years. Um, he has five assists a game, 7.2 rebounds, and 1.6 steals. He's a, a force on both uh, – mainly to start his career defensively is why he was so valuable. But we're starting to see the flashes offensively. His three-point percentage could get better. But we're um, we're hoping that will get a little better. He's shooting the ball more, so maybe that's a good step. But I I think he could be legit. Obviously, he's got all the the tools and the potential. So it's really all about that shot, which it is for a lot of young players. Uh, Big dog.
1: So my sleeper is basically gonna be my fantasy basketball sleeper this year. Who's been very good okay. on the Detroit Pistons. Might butcher the name. It's Dylan Wright. I think he's like the point guard. DeLon he Ron just Ron. Delon Wright. Delon Wright. <laughs> okay, he just got hurt, but he's been awesome. He's Across the board, mm-hmm. he gets like ten points a game, eight or nine assists, five or six mm-hmm. rebounds, and that. Jeremy Grant on the Pistons has
2: been incredible too.
1: Jeremy Grant, Dylan
2: Wright. A lot of it is they're they're a terrible team though. I mean, he's getting like eighteen. Just shots
0: another tonight. shot at Stephen.
2: Young. Oh my God, he just <laughs> can't <laughs> let it happen. I was he's trying just to let it just happen. Gonna be
1: at my fucking door. Tonight, <laughs> Look at so. this guy. He's wearing a white sock hat, ripping on Tom, <laughs> ripping on the Detroit. Likes this oh, John, Washington the episode.
0: Um, okay, Big Dog, you said you got – let's wrap up with the would you rather.
1: What is it? What do you got? Would you rather lose your short-term memory or long-term memory for good? <laughs> it actually makes you, you think. You me to go first? Yes, please.
0: Uh, yeah, sorry. I was thinking. I forgot we oh, were doing a podcast. your short-term Yeah. <laughs>
1: josh you yeah um, well i think nice one yeah.
2: well let me let me let me open uh, this up yeah yeah, I, I know what i'm gonna do, go have you seen the movie memento i have not no oh wow uh, you guys should absolutely see it. it's like christopher nolan's like first like actual feature film he had like one before but it had like a six thousand dollar budget incredible violence? fucking movie yeah there's some violence Sweet. yeah for sure it's it's a great fucking movie. I strongly recommend it. It's 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 done in a really cool thing. Hey Josh,
0: it, we don't curse on this podcast because you watched. <laughs> Steven doesn't like I'm just it. going at Josh today. All right, all right,
2: all right. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll just head out now. Um, no, so Memento, it, it's the guy has short term memory loss basically, and he's hmm. just fucking tatted up everywhere with like things to remember basically, just post it notes all over his body basically, and that's exactly what I would do. When I lose my short-term memory is the thing, because here's here's the thing is I'm just gonna do the counter argument. You don't know who you fucking are if you lose your long-term memory. Yeah, it, yeah,
0: I go short-term as well. I'm with you. On yeah, that. It, it, like th- what if you didn't know who your mom was? That would fucking suck. Exactly. Or like, but it's like, oh, I forgot that I got milk yet. I don't know. I'm probably short-term memory. I was probably really bad. Sorry if I'm downplaying it to the people out there, but. Goodness, you're not going to remember that I said this.
1: <laughs> I'm, okay, so I'm just going to take short term memory. So if I lose a bet, I can Jesus forget yes. about it. We can keep the things going on after that. I will continue <laughs> to bet. I'll continue to get in debt. It'll work out.
2: All right. Yeah, that's why I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback of all time. So
1: Now we're just being a
2: jackass, yeah, aren't we? Sure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> all right, gentlemen
0: we'll be back again next week Uh, we'll have some more storylines hopefully two massive things don't happen right after this podcast gets posted Uh, we're also going to have this episode on YouTube and you can also check out YouTube for our WandaVision review Uh, stay tuned episode 82 Peter Gonzalez joins and we're going to break down WandaVision so if you haven't seen it pause this, go watch it and then come back lots of things to talk about All right, Josh, big dog, always a pleasure my friends see ya we'll be right back All right, welcome back to the pineapple couch. A little WandaVision recap. Uh, the weekly thing peter and i are doing so spoiler alert if you're not caught up caught up with wandavision we're gonna be talking some big spoilers so let me introduce the man of the hour peter gonzalez my good friend how are you doing
3: i'm doing well excited to talk about this new
0: episode this show just does not stop it just doesn't stop it's it is a spectacle for sure so let's get right into it um spoiler alert again this is your final warning um it was agatha all along peter
3: I I think that's one of the coolest ways to reveal it. It, it was, was so well done.
0: It was incredible. It was incredible. So, Catherine Hahn's character character Agnes is what we had known her as up until this point, but as many people theorized, she actually was Agatha Harkness, who is a witch that is hundreds of years old. Um I actually think probably what's going on is uh Did you watch Thrones, Peter? Watch what? Game of Thrones off and on okay so there's this character in game of thrones called melisandra she's like the red woman and basically she's hundreds of years old but she has this like necklace basically that makes her look permanently young and so at the end she takes it off and she's like the super old woman i think that's probably what's going on with Catherine hahn here i think she's like literally from like the 1600s or something don't you
3: yeah, I mean, she and to go to that to go along with that, she does have that pin that's been either the mm-hmm. necklace or the pin throughout the episode leading up to this, and I think it was the episode where Wanda gives birth. She's wearing like pointy old like pilgrim style shoes, also, mm-hmm.
0: and she was also a, a witch for Halloween a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. Um, and so let's go before we'll get more into Agatha, but let's just do a little quick recap of the episode here. Um, so this episode based on Modern Family and The Office, I would say. I would say basically 95% based on Modern Family and then just the theme song was like The Office, if that makes sense. How I, That's how I kind of took it. But I guess the talking to the camera is similar to The Office. Um, it's going to start with uh, Wanda is like doing a forced stay at home. Um, like she's basically grounding herself for what she did at the end of last week's episode by making the Hex and Bubble go giant. And she does, Peter, acknowledge that she, this is a fake reality she has expanded. And I think that's the first time we've heard that, correct?
3: I think so. I think, yeah. And then, especially the conversation she has with the twins after her in imposed quarantine, where she's like, I don't really know what's going on in either. Like, I don't mm. have the answers for you.
0: Yeah, and the, the twins are just kind of like, what the hell's going on? And so when wanda is just kind of at her peak of tiredness just needs a break of course none other than agnes shows up ready to help out and she takes the kids away which um immediate bad sign all the list all the viewers are like oh no don't do that don't do that don't do that and wanda does do it and so catherine hahn agnes takes the ki- the kids to her house and we'll catch up back on that later Um, We also, though, in this episode, Peter, at the end of last episode, Darcy was sucked into the bubble, right? Vision and Darcy, we're going to get a cool kind of like buddy cop, for lack of a better word, interaction between the two of them. Um, Vision like unlocks her mind. And um, basically what I thought was cool, Peter, she Darcy tells Vision like about his life because he doesn't remember anything. It starts with, she mentions Jarvis. She mentions Ultron. She talks about the events of Avengers Infinity War. And really, like, I knew here's a question for you I knew uh, that Vision didn't have like a lot of his memories, but I didn't know it was to this extent. Like, he has no idea who he is at all. Isn't that what you got? Yeah.
3: Definitely. But I feel like I I think what kind of clued me into the fact that he didn't really know what was going on was in the Halloween episode when he's like, what are the Avengers? Like he had no Mm, idea about the Avengers. Good point. Good point. I mean, he understands that he has powers and whatnot. But again, I don't think I think when Darcy tells him, it really does bring to light that he to himself did not know how much he did it, though.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfectly said. How do you like the dynamic between Darcy and Vision? I actually really thought that that was a funny pairing of those two.
3: I like. I really enjoyed it because I felt like it really allowed the viewer's perspective to kind of get into, bleed into WandaVision. Because she told him she's been watching it for a week. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so she kind of had that. And she has such a sarcastic humor, which I think really helps balance out the show.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and the the one of the, I think the most important takeaway, though, of their conversations is basically Vision asks, like, to the extent, like, Am I alive? Am I going to get out of this? What's going on in this whole bubble? And she says she doesn't really know, but she sees that Vision and Wanda and Vision's love is real because she's been watching Wanda Vision, which I think that kind of was like a light bulb in Vision's head. Because what we see, Peter, is he basically from that point, he's like, why are why am I driving in this truck when I could fly and just go to Wanda? Because Darcy and Vision were on their way to Westview, on their way to Wanda. And, of course, every single, like, it was like the Truman Show-esque type. Just, like, there's a construction project in front of him. There's a school, a bunch of school kids walking by. And, eventually, Vision essentially says, F it. I'm just going to go. And he does. So, that's that part. Let's talk about Monica Rambeau, Peter. Peter, we were so ready to see John Krasinski, Mr. Fantastic. I was so freaking ready. And it turns out it was not. It was a major in S.W.O.R.D. or in the Army somewhere. Um, and so they get the, the vehicle. Monica gets the vehicle to try to go in the hex. Um, and I will say this. I still think that the person who designed this vehicle, we have not met. And I think those were all scrolls.
3: Um, Yes, I like that theory. I definitely thought about that. Because um, I watched the episode twice. Cause mm-hmm. You have to watch it multiple times to really yeah. get everything because what sad to me was about how she said someone who was loyal and it just reminded me of you know the fact that the scrolls were in spider-man far from home scrolls were nick fury and it just all kind of lines up especially we never she never really calls this person either who we were expecting it's just mm-hmm. this you know person that brought them the vehicle so i definitely think there is i'm holding out hope that we're still going to get some sort of reveal
0: i think i i'm led to believe here's because i think you bring up a good point um, and there's going to be this dynamic that I think set up for the end of this show, essentially, of this group of military or S.W.O.R.D. agents that Monica just met with. I think they are all scrolls, And like you mentioned, that means very closely aligned with Nick Fury, who we trust. Sure. On the other hand, it, there seems to be this division of S.W.O.R.D. that is led by Hayward, who everyone he's just Captain d back. So... I think there's some a dynamic in between the the like the fractions of sword. Does that make sense?
3: No, I totally totally get that. I mean, and I think it definitely was foreshadowed with the shield getting the Hydra infiltration. I feel like there's going to be that you, you can never fully really trust that it's just one entity. There's yep. splits within it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just to cap on that, we'll get into the I do think though that we're getting Mister Fantastic in the show. I'm almost more convinced of it now. I think they're build, like, if they, if it was truly no one, we would have, or not that big of a deal, we would have seen it last episode. And I don't think that that, they, like, Monica Rambeau, the actress, said, you guys, like, she tweeted, basically, you guys are going to lose your minds when you see who the mystery person is. There's no way that that's who that was. And I think, I think it's, I think it's Mr. Fantastic. I think he's probably a S.W.O.R.D. member who maybe doesn't even have his powers yet, I don't know, but wouldn't it make sense that if Reed Richards is in Sword, he might be aligned with Scrolls because he's that smart and he's naturally good, so maybe he's in on the secret? I don't know. I think that I think that reveal there's some big reveal that's going to happen and I I think it's I still think it's Mr. Fantastic. What do you think?
3: I'm right there with you. I really feel like Especially because we know it's world building. This show helps to build out the world. It's not just, it's not like a movie, so to speak, where it's just, you know, this is what's happening. I think it definitely has to continue to build out the world. And I definitely Mm -hmm. don't think, because I feel like it's almost certain we're going to get Doctor Strange somewhere down the line in these next episodes. But I don't, but he's not the one that's going to make people lose their minds. Because if he comes out, it's super cool, but it's not something that we don't see coming.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's get to Monica now. So she tries to go in with the, I don't know, advanced space car, basically. And, like, goes full, sp- full speed into this bubble and is met with a lot of resistance. Like, if things are not going well. It looks like it's going to explode. The hex is, like, stopping it. And, basically, Monica bails. The car is thrown out, and half the car is, like, an old truck now. And the half the car is what the space thing is. And so another failed attempt to get into the hex. And then Monica basically she says, like, I've been in there before. And she just I mean, credit to her. That, it takes some serious guts to do that. She just sprints into the the hex and she goes through the it's like what a giant force field, I guess. And she relives all this moment, all these moments from her life, a lot of the stuff from Cap the Captain Marvel movie. And basically what happens is as she breaks through this barrier with all the, like the lights of Spectrum mask, you know, um, all of her past selves seem to join together. And she is launched into the bubble and she lands like a superhero with that like signature superhero like land. I don't know. Um, and then her eyes are like blue. And so this is either she's either gonna be Photon or Spectrum we have a new superhero on our hands folks isn't wouldn't you agree like
3: yeah i think that was one of the coolest superhero births that we've seen thus Mm. far and what was really cool that kind of also bled into the show was that once she starts running into westview the aspect ratio of the show changed i don't know if you noticed this or not but so if you're watching the show and i have to go back and watch the other episodes now to think about this but so when she's trying to get in and everything, like they're outside in the real world, mm-hmm. it's very, like, the cinematic, the very thick yeah. bars on the top. But as she starts to run into Westview, the screen oh, like expands wow. into the television fake world as she's mm-hmm. crossing in, which I thought was really interesting in a super cool way, kind of bleeding it all in.
0: Yeah, um, and so she can basically, like... I saw The Matrix a long time ago, but it's basically like the way he, she can like see rate or like wave, like what, what energy. is it? What is she yeah. like? Yeah, like she sees energy waves and kind of like The Matrix, but um, and so she, like you said, she runs in. And she's going straight to Wanda. She's going straight to Wanda. She runs into Wanda's house, and obviously, Wanda's like, "What the hell are you doing here?" She brings up Vision again. Blah 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 blah. They start to fight, kind of. Another a base,
3: superhero landing.
0: Yeah, another superhero landing. Wanda is clearly, like, stunned that Monica can hold her own. That The look on her face, she's like, what it is clearly a moment of, like, oh, shit. And, um, of course, when it seems like finally Monica is breaking through to Wanda, and they're maybe sharing, because they do. They're both going through something very dramatic. They're both gone for five years, and the person they love the most in the world is gone. So... She, right when it seems like we're getting that breakthrough, Peter, Agnes, of course, shows up and basically tells Monica, get out of here. Um, and as soon as Agnes gets there, Wanda immediately turns hostile to Monica, just like that, even though she mm-hmm. was just being nice. So you got to wonder what's going on there. And so, let's now we're getting into the big stuff here. Wanda goes to Agnes's house and she's like, she walks in, she sees like yo gabba gabbas on the TV, and there's some like half eaten, um, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or something. And she asks Agnes, like, where's the where are the kids? And she goes, uh, well, uh, they're probably playing in the basement or something. Which just just an alarming thing to hear from the person who's taking care of your kids, obviously. And so Wanda goes down to the basement and it is the like what every kid in the world, when they're like young and they think how scary like dark basements and that sort of thing is, that is what this basement is. It is creepy with like vines and like big stone walls and stuff and so one goes further and further in and she gets to this room where it's clearly some shit's going on there's like purple vines there's all these like animal skulls there's red lights and then there's this book we see which we'll get to in a second which i think is the dark hold which we'll talk about what that is in a second but um and then the big reveal happens agnes walks in Closes the door with magic and says, You didn't think you were the only like superpowered woman in this town. What was it? Like witch. woman with magic? A witch? I don't think it was witch. It was something like Magical. magic user, something like that. Something like that. Mm. And she reveals that she is Agatha Harkness. And immediately you see her start to like mind control Wanda, you know?
3: Very age of Ultron callback. Very,
0: very age of Ultron. And that is boom. The credits hit and Peter, we get a mid credits like scene for the first time in this show, which is obviously a staple of Marvel movies. Cool to see that coming forward in this. Um, And basically, Monica Rambeau is looking at Agnes's house like because she's suspicious and trying to get in. She opens like this side door thing to like to the basement and she sees the purple vines and stuff. And then guess who shows up behind her? It's Evan Peters, Quicksilver, whoever he may be says snooper's gonna snoop and the episode is over so much to get here so much to get to here peter um you mentioned this earlier about how the reveal of agatha is one of the coolest things you've seen because i didn't mention this for a reason when she reveals who she is there's like a whole song that goes along to it so talk about like what you liked about that a little so,
3: okay, the song has actually it's been stuck in my head for a couple of days because yeah, it's just so well done. But just when the song plays and you get this very the Munsters type of credits, where it's creepy but yet kind of funky, and it just kind of replays the past episodes from beginning to where we are now, and you see these different places where she's been instrumental in doing things. So I when I've been listening to it offhandedly, something kind of sparked in where I thought about it. The whole thing has been like the whole theme song is this it's been Agatha all along, and it's like sung from a male vocalist, is the one singing the theme song, which could be nothing, could mm-hmm. be nothing. But if we're going with the whole Mephisto type vibe, yeah. which the fly that showed up in that's her how house, he... comic books call back right there, mm-hmm. what if Because in the comics, to my not, if I can remember correctly, Agatha ne- wasn't necessarily a big bad no she wasn't mentored wanda
0: yeah she a quick little agatha harkness was introduced initially as a babysitter to franklin richards who is uh mr fantastic and mrs fantastic's kid um and then becomes a mentor to wanda and then basically wanda eventually turns on her because agatha like created kids for wanda from the shards of mephisto's soul that's a my nerd section but keep going
3: So, if thank you for that wonderful information, which totally ties into this, because what if Agatha... I mean, she might have her own agenda at the same time, but what if she's also... What if it's that Agatha's been messing up Mephisto's plan throughout the whole thing? So that's Mm -hmm. what she's been messing up, as opposed to being the one that created everything. So in a sense, she's working with Wanda to kind of keep things going. And so she bought... Evan Peters Quicksilver into this universe to help Wanda as opposed to necessarily she's not the villain. I feel like knowing Marvel, she very well could could potentially not be the villain. Mm -hmm. You know, similar to an Iron Man, I think it's uh, three. Three or two, where it's the fake out of the
0: villain.
3: Three, three. Three, and it's it's totally a fake out. So I feel like that could be where this is going. If the theme song is any kind of clue yeah where hmm. because i mean it's like because if she's messing everything up is she messing up wanda's creation or is she messing up the big bad's creation to get that, to wanda
0: that's a great point never thought about it from that perspective actually i will say i don't think that Ag- agatha is the big bad i think it is like it could be possible what you were saying and it might be even a little more possible that she is kind of like a doing, like, instructed by the big bad, like, mm-hmm. kind of. So maybe theoretically, here's what I think. Here's a theory for you. What if Mephisto sent Agatha here to do this to Wanda? So basically what she could do is have Wanda, the most powerful person on Earth, create kids, and basically Catherine Hahn is biding time, or Agnes is, to, so she can have the kids grow up and then use them to like create Mephisto. Like what if Mephisto's stuck as like a fly or something right now and he can't take his form and she's kind of like the one, like she's stringing Wanda along for a little more time, a little more time because she needs the um, kids. And what is interesting about that is that could all be going on and then there's still the plot too, whatever the hell S.W.O.R.D. is trying to do with Vision's body, you know? What, did, what do you think Hayward meant when we, we launched today or we launched tomorrow? What are they launching? Are they launching nukes? Are they launching a new Vision? Is it, are they launching Sentinel? Like, what do you think?
3: Well, I mean, if we go with the theory that he's using Vision to create his version of Sentinels, then he could have already made them. You know, he could have just yeah, not known how to years. work them. And so that could be what he's bringing to the table, because I almost feel like there's a scene in the early trailers where Wanda and Vision, where he says, we ha- let's defend our home or whatever, like, yeah. they're both, like, fully superpowered. so at some point, the two of them have to do something to defend against, is it S.W.O.R.D., is it against the big bad? Yeah. So I think it's going to be really interesting be to see, which, because I feel like you can't have, there's not that many episodes left to cram I all know. these things into, but if anyone's going to be able to do it well, it's going
0: to be Marvel. Yeah, and that, well, we were talking about this a little before, is just, there is a rumor that each of these episodes left are, like, an hour. So that'd be like a full-length MCU movie. So we'll see. One thing I wanted to bring up, because I think it'll be just really cool, is so let's say Doctor Strange comes, right? There could potentially be a fight where it is Catherine Hahn versus, and maybe Mephisto or whatever, versus Wanda vision doctor strange and monica rambeau and why do i care about that because if you think about it katherine Hahn would have purple magic wanda would have red doctor strange would have green vision would have the yellow and monica would have the blue which is the infinity stones which would be i just a cool like reference i think
3: that would be super rad. I think that would be, I think I would just, that would be another moment where I would just like literally cheer from my sofa. Yeah. That would be so there, stoked for
0: that to happen. I have inc- like, let's talk just, I guess, like a little bit about what we think's going to happen. Um, I have incredibly high hopes for the series. I think it's freaking fantastic. I think it's what is so impressive to me about it, Peters. I'm a giant comic book nerd. Like, I love all that sort of stuff. I like all superhero stuff. Vision and Wanda. Like, if we're talking about superheroes I like, so far down there, not that I dislike them, but there's so many more that, like, I care or I think are cooler. And the fact that they did this show with these two characters and have made it so incredibly captivating and always, like, people are talking about it. Kevin Feige can just do anything that man does t- turns to gold. Like, he is, like, the greatest movie producer, like, ever. It's unbelievable. Like, it's just... Right? Like the fact that WandaVision, is, like a, a show about the Scarlet Witch and Vision is breaking Disney Plus servers. I saw that. Out.
3: I saw that. Yeah.
0: It's uh, credit to them. It, it, it's, it's, truly, it's truly incredible what this show has accomplished. Um, so, Peter, where I, I am of the mind that these next two episodes, next episode, I think we're getting a flashback. What do you think about that?
3: I think we are going to get the flashback. I think we're gonna kinda figure out now that we've got ended with the Agatha reveal, I think it's gonna lead to let's see how we got to where we are now.
0: For Mm -hmm. at least
3: half of the episode, I feel like, and then the other half is gonna set up the finale if that's the finale. And I think something that else it's gonna that helped from in my mind is leading to Doctor Strange arrival is that the opening credits for this episode was a bunch of Wanda 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 and then I don't know if you noticed, but at one point, there's a part where it says, I know what you're doing, Wanda. Like, mixed into all the credits. It's like. That's a, what Dr. Strange
0: says to Wanda in House of M, the comic book.
3: Well, there we have it. There we
0: That's yeah. crazy. I so, didn't and know it's, that. So, yeah,
3: if you watch the credits, it's, it's mixed in there where it's like it just like wow. random Wandas and then that message. And it's like a newspaper print, too. So it's like random letters put yeah. together with that message, which. Could obviously lead to the fact that he's finally coming in to figure I'm gonna, things
0: out. I know, like, he's been expected to come. I'm going to lose my freaking mind when Benedict Cumberbatch shows up. It's just going to be... Think about how long it's been since uh Marvel content. And we're going to get this epic finale to this show, Peter. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to be, like, standing up and cheering at midnight, one in the morning. Like, <laughs> losing my mind to this. This is going to be... I mean, if you're telling... There's a chance that we get, like... Doctor Strange battling Mephisto as a teaser for his upcoming movie, and we also mentioned the fact that we could be getting Mister Fantastic. It is, is incredible. I think also in this next episode of it being um a like uh, uh, flashback, I think what we will do is like how we fi- finally figured out is Agatha. I think we're gonna tr- maybe get m- we're gonna set up the final episode of like what the hell's going on with Sword and Hayward. Like maybe so going into that final episode, we know the two fights we have left, if that makes sense. No, it would be a lot to like, because here's a question. What threat do you think gets dealt with first? Agatha or Hayward? I think Agatha gets
3: dealt with first, I think, because Agatha's inside the hex. I think Mm -hmm. that's something that needs to get addressed. And I think that one thing that we haven't talked about but is going to play into the upcoming episodes is Darcy. I mean, Darcy came through the, through the Hex as well. So is Darcy now going to also get powers? Is that going to lead to something? Because also, Cap Dannings, who plays Darcy, has si- said that she's signed to multiple Marvel yeah. projects coming up. So well, is she going to bleed into Loki? Is she going to bleed into something else?
0: Here's you're, We're talking about how Doctor Strange shows up. Who is the only person probably in the bubble that could get a message out? If you had to trust someone smart to get a message out, it would be Darcy. Mm-hmm. Like that could maybe warn Doctor Strange or warn Nick Fury who tells And she's Doctor aware Strange. of
3: those people too. She's the one yeah. that's aware of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that is fire. That's going to be so good. Um, any other theories you have on this? It's just I don't want this show to end. I, I, I truly don't. Oh, I guess one question. So are we, like, is Quicksilver, there's two ways to interpret the whole Quicksilver thing. Because there is in the Agatha all along part, you see some of her magic around him. So there's two ways you can think. You can think, one, that, like, he is just a creation of Agatha. Or you could think, two, when he comes by and says Snooper's gonna snoop, it doesn't necessarily mean like he's guarding it. Maybe he's also like, what the hell is going on? Maybe he's slowly like, maybe we're going to get next episode of him being like, what? Like, what is going on? Like, maybe he got pulled from that other reality and he's catching on to it. I say that because I just think it's a giant waste if they take Evan Peters and they give us this Quicksilver. And then he it just wasn't him because I do think that he's an incredible Quicksilver and Quicksilver is a fun character.
3: I totally am on there with you. I feel like it has to be more than just he's a random person who's here. I think this has to be what ties in the multiverse fully. It has to be that. I think what's also kind of led to that is that he says, you know, he's kind of was just brought into this world. He's not really sure how he got here either. The fact that his character in X-Men is named Peter, not Pietro. Mm-hmm. And in the X-Men universe, it theories. Wanda would be called the Scarlet Witch if we think about that in the X Men mm-hmm. universe. And there's the scene early on in this series where Hayward is like, Well, what's Wanda's code name? What's her funny name that she's named for? Yep. Which could also mean, Is Hayward from this universe or is he from another universe? Is he Mephisto and has just been to all of them? So that's why he's surprised that she doesn't have a name because up to this point, she's never been called the Scarlet Witch.
0: Yeah. That's very, very, very good point. I so I that... like
3: that idea that he doesn't necessarily there to stop Monica from going in there, but to kind of help her because he, he does have, he I have to believe that he does think that's his sister and that they have that connection. I mean, there was, when they're in the Halloween episode on the movie theater in the back, there's the, it's the parent trap, and I forget what other movie. Incredible. Back the, there we go. So it's like, it's family.
0: So yeah. I feel
3: like that has to tie into it.
0: I I could see what might happen. Here's we'll wrap it up maybe with this theory. I think there's a very well good chance that at the end of this, basically, Wanda and their Doctor Strange, that group, is gonna have the upper hand versus Catherine Hahn and whoever she's with. And basically what will happen is they will disappear into like some portal at the end and maybe take Pietro, maybe take Vision, maybe take the kids, most likely. And they'll dip. And then so the post credit scene in WandaVision will essentially be Doctor Strange and Wanda being like, all right, we got to go find them. We got to go into the multiverse of madness. Yeah, it could be cool.
3: I like that. I mean, that kind of goes with, along with the, with the commercial we got this week for the Nexus yep. tab- tablets, which are just, I mean, do you need a bigger multiverse clue than that? I mean, yeah, the and... Thor Dark World.
0: Yeah, really quickly on that Nexus thing. Basically, what that can, why that's interesting is because certain characters, Nexus, a Nexus being, is like basically there's only one of you in the multiverse. Like there's not, and it's very rare, but there's only one Scott Wanda in the entire multiverse. So that's what that means. I don't know. I don't know. This episode just gives you a lot of enjoyment and a lot of answers, but even more questions. Peter, uh, anything you want to say before we wrap up? Or
3: I think we've pretty much talked about it all. I mean, I do think it's interesting how Thor Dark World is considered one of the not greatest um, Marvel mm-hmm. movies, however, and then this episode with the Nexus calls back to it. I mean, Darcy, all these things, even in mm-hmm. Endgame, we go back yeah. to that movie where it's like, no, this movie is important. Mm-hmm. This makes sense. I might need to go rewatch that movie this week, this week to kind of just I, I did, see if like there's anything ago. else
0: it was pretty good was pretty good it holds up um or i mean i don't know the thing is is like i don't think it's a bad movie it's just compared to the rest of the mcu it's just kind of hard You're, it's a lot of good stuff all right that is our wandavision episode seven recap we got two more weeks of this um and then we're gonna be getting into the falcon and the winter soldier thank you everyone for listening thank you to peter we'll talk to you next week sounds good look forward to it all right see you guys